Virgie Centeno pastors with her husband, Jamie, at In the Light, Philadelphia. Check out the show notes for more information about their ministries, including Shepherds Club, which cares for those who care for others, and One City, One Love, a power-filled prayer concert that brings together a diversity of Philadelphia churches. Today, Virgie talks about the benefits and hardships of ministry, along with what she would have done differently as a parent who is also a pastor. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Glad that you're here with us on The Quiet Reformation. This is a blessing today, this conversation. We're going to be having a conversation with Virgie Centeno. She is a pastor and the wife of a pastor at In the Light Ministries in Philadelphia. My wife, Jen, and I have had the privilege of getting to know Jamie and Virgie uh, over the last few years a little more and are excited to just watch what the Lord has been doing in them and through them in the city of Philadelphia and in their congregation and in in many areas actually uh, they have their hands in a lot of stuff virgie's been one of those just faithful faithful servants of the lord uh, wherever the lord calls her she's there and she's going after it and so when we were thinking about guests who i really uh, we really wanted to hear from wanted to hear from someone whose hands are in the work and whose heart is with the people and virgie is uh, one of those people so Pastor Virgie, we're so grateful to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. So glad to be here. Honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you and and Jamie have stepped out on faith so many times because you've sensed the Lord calling you to stuff. And oftentimes you are on the front end of things. You, You guys have been entrepreneurial. You've been out in front and you've had to take big steps of faith. And so I think one of the things that when I think about about you guys and the work that you've been doing that people can learn from you, it has to do with faith. If you think back about times where you and Jamie have taken big steps of faith, and, and maybe maybe you personally think back, something stands out of this is where we had to step out in faith and how we've seen God really move, answer, answer, respond to our faith and seeing transformation happen. Can you give us a story or two of some places where we've seen God come through? Ah, so many stories. I have been thinking about this all day. I, I have this one cool story. I think it was one of those like make it or break it stories. We were, if you know anything about our ministry, we've actually moved quite some. We've traveled all over the city from place to place. We're, we're owning our own property for the first time in the 16, almost 17 years that we've been in ministry. So we've moved quite some. We ended up getting kicked out of a, a venue that we were renting. They kicked us out. They kicked us out because they just didn't want to deal with us anymore. And um, we were good tenants. We paid our rent on time, but it was really, really uh, uh, the enemy coming against us. And we felt it. We saw it. We saw it coming. We knew it that it was either the Lord moving us or the enemy coming against us. And so hmm. we were they we were setting up, Jamie was at the church, setting up chairs for Wednesday night service. And, um, and you know, we had seen a lot of people come to the Lord at this venue because people had were like shocked that there was a church in this venue that was like, had a reputation for all kinds of wild parties and wild gatherings, like illegal stuff. 
And they just couldn't believe that a church would actually occupy the space. And we would have to spiritually clean that place, physically clean the place, and and spiritually clean that place before our Sunday services. I guess it was the end of the rope for them. We were setting, Jamie was setting up chairs on Wednesday night, and the owners came in and said, you can't have service here anymore. And this is like five o'clock in the afternoon. Our service is going to start at seven. And at this point, we were, you know, we had about 150 people coming pretty consistently. A lot of them were freshly saved, you know, like, you know, they were excited. And, you know, we were just, we felt like we were just getting some momentum, you know, and we had nowhere to go. We had, we were just, we were kind of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And Pastor Fred Estrada, he's he's with the Lord now. He he was a pastor of Bethel Temple Community Bible Church on BN Allegheny. Yeah. He said, you know, we don't have a Wednesday night service. You know, you guys can use the building if you want. And so we started making phone calls. We started calling and we started sending mass texts. This is, you know, we were using every means of communication. We had you know, people sitting out in front of the building just in case we, you know, people came and didn't hear about it. We had over 200 people show up at Bethel Wow! because the, the word got out that the church got kicked out. And I remember, <laughs> I mean, worship was euphoric. I mean, and, and we were doing CD worship at the time. We didn't even have a worship band. It was, we were doing CD worship. We were, you know, Israel Hewton was was leading our worship. <laughs> okay. Martha okay. Manuzzi was leading worship, you know, like uh, Ty Tribbett was leading worship at our <laughs> nice. church, you know, before. So it wasn't like we had a band, but the worship was so euphoric. And I remember just sitting there and looking, and I mean, we packed the house out. Bethel is not huge, but we packed the house out. And I, and I told my husband, I said, now we're the church uh-huh. because it had nothing to do with the building. It had everything to do with, we, we, we need to be together. We're going to worship God and no one and nothing's going to stop us Come from on. doing that. And I remember just, I'm like, this is it. This is, we're the church. We're the church. And we moved many, many times after that. And everywhere we've gone to, we've seen people come to the Lord and their lives transform. And so we just feel like we've, you know, just kind of been like gypsies, you know, but gather, getting people along the way. And so, you know, what the enemy has intended for evil, God has used it to bring people into the kingdom of God. So we're for it. We're in it for it. Mm-hmm. In the light, Bedouins. Uh, yes, you're, you're, yeah. You could almost put tabernacle on the on the back end of your right, name there, right. right? In the light tabernacle. Yeah, that's awesome. What a cool story. I love that. <clears throat> I love that you were in a venue that people wouldn't suspect too. But I also love that when people rallied around you, I would imagine something stirred inside of people in that moment. When they heard that you guys were getting pushed out, they're like, oh no, we're showing up, right? And yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. Another cool story. I remember we were at at a garage. We literally were in a garage. You know, we call it the cave because it just kind of, we didn't have, we didn't have heating we moved in january there was snow on the ground we moved in january it's one of the places and you know we were having one of our just dynamic services and jamie you know charged the people who felt they were called to they felt like they, they had the call of an evangelist and so we had about maybe 10 10 people raise their hand and he said i want you to go out this to the streets right now right now in the middle of a sunday service and go find somebody and 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 share the gospel with them and bring them in if you can 
And so those 10 individuals ran out all over Cortland, all over Front Street, looking for someone they could share the gospel with. And my my brother-in-law, Josiah, he brings this woman who is in, in a walker. She could barely move. He drags her to church. And he, and he brings her, and she's this elderly woman in a walker, and she's, like, making her way over. I mean, it, there's just all this activity. <laughs> we see that she needs prayer, and we, we as a church begin to just, just pray for her. We are, we are believing God for a miracle, and we're going after it. We're, I mean, Josiah, who's just the courageous one, he takes the walk, and he says, start walking in faith. Start walking in faith. <laughs> And I'm thinking this lady's going to fall, right? You better be standing right next to her. (laughs) And she starts, she starts walking and then she starts walking fast and out of nowhere, the Lord heals her and she starts to run. This elderly woman begins to run around the church and she's running and we're, we've lost it because God healed her in front of all of us. There was, I mean, we are, we are witness to a miracle of God, right? She's running. She runs out of the church, and we've never seen her since. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the story of the, the leopards, and they don't come back. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. It was one of those moments. She never. She left the walker, never came back for she it. Bounced. She bounced. She ran home. She's, she's in California. She's still running. I, I'm <laughs> she's like you, Forrest Gump. That was so awesome. And I think those moments when... When you when you just don't know what you don't know and you go for it, yeah. And these crazy miracles happen. I mean, the faith of the church just through the roof, and we just had so much fun. It's been hard, but it's been fun. One of the things that I I have observed about about you at In the Light and you and Jamie is that there's always this sense of whatever has been is what has been. Whatever's coming is what we're looking at, right? We're looking at what's in front of us and, and what's coming. And you're not like leaning on what happened back there because it it's an adventure. For you guys, it just feels like adventure is kind of part of your spirit as a church and as a couple. And I love that about you because, yeah, it, it reminds me of when Jesus says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And so it's just this journey for a bunch of a bunch of young people who decide to follow Jesus, who they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. They're just following him. And it feels often like when I'm watching you guys, that's what it looks like. It has been a journey. It has been an adventure. What are some of the joys and benefits for you in the ministry? What are, the, what are some of the things when you think about the ministry, you're like, this is what I love about, about being in this ministry? Some of the things that I, I think have been of a great benefit to me has been being able to develop skills that I didn't even know I had. When you're in it and you're doing things you've, you've never done before or you, you don't have a resume for that, you don't necessarily went to school for that, but that's what ministry is like. It's like willing vessel and, and you're kind of like, I'm willing to do it. And Lord, I'm going to trust that you're going to teach me and I'm going to figure it out as, as I go. And I feel like that's been most of my life figuring it out. And I've learned so much. I've developed as a person. I didn't know that I could do most of the things that I'm doing today. It's given me opportunities. I've traveled, you know, I grew up poor. I grew up in a broken home. I grew up in a, in a very dysfunctional drug infested home, lots of abuse and neglect. I would have never, you know, just, I'm, I'm probably the least of these. You know, like I think about like the fact that God would 
take this nobody and 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 give her the kind of life that he's given me i've been able to see the world i've been able to meet people i've been in rooms that i just i wonder how did i get here how did i get in this room you know and 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 being in awe of god so I, it has been absolutely life altering matter of fact i feel like god has allowed me to live out dreams that i didn't even know they were a dream of mine until I'm in it. And I was like, wow, I, I'm living a dream. I just didn't even know that this was possible for somebody like me. But it's not just me. I see it happening around with people, m people in my church, my kids, people that it's just God is just this. He just has a way of just making our lives so good, so rich, giving us opportunities, developing things, un unlocking things in our lives. So, yes, I've, I've had amazing opportunities that I don't think I would have had had I not ser been serving the Lord. So I'm very grateful, for sure. Very thankful. I don't take that for granted. It's no small thing. Yeah, and I mean, that really resonates with Jesus' words in Sermon on the Mount, right, where, where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I, I see that again when, uh, like you said, it's not, it's not just in you but you watch people as they as they chase after the lord and do the work that he's calling them to do all the struggle all the pain all the challenges and all of that but then you watch these like beautiful rewards of of ways that god blesses and of course nothing greater than the blessing of his presence and getting to be in that place with with people who love him which is such an awesome thing but then it's like after that just on top of it he just spoils us with benefit after benefit it's he's a good god i love how god had i have seen so many i mean i have this one guy that came to our church he was an alcoholic we were trying to make the best of a, one of the many many places we were in i think it was the garage actually when we were front in Cortland and you know we said hey you know if you're not you're not working or doing anything come on and help us and he tried to scare me off by telling me about all the terrible things he's done and how he's an alcoholic, how he likes to drink and he likes to do this. And I just was like, so can you hold a hammer? Can you, <laughs> can you, can you, uh, can you, can you help with, can you clean up? Can you pay? And so I was just, and he said, yeah. And I said, just come and watching him go from an alcoholic to becoming a man of God, to becoming a business owner, you know, this, oh, wow. this guy who was, you know, this hard time and was a drug dealer and had a rap sheet longer than my arm, but then <laughs> becomes, you know, somebody in his community, you know, just incredible. Just there's no yeah. limit to what God can do with a person's life. All this comes with challenges, obviously. There's an enormous amount of challenges, and I know you all have faced your fair share of challenges. So can you talk a little bit about... Uh, some of the challenges of planting a church, being in an urban context, being a wife and a mother while also being, you know, pastor in the church. And can you talk about some of those challenges? 17 years later, I think some of the hardest things is watching people walk away from the Lord. Mm. That's one of the, I think, the most challenging things as a pastor you know, people that you love, people that you care for, people that you've invested your life in. They choose a lesser love. They choose a 
a compromised life, you know, especially when they've tasted and seen how good God is, you know, that's, I think that doesn't, that the pain of that never, never gets easy or it doesn't, you know, you don't get used to it. And I, and I hope never to get used to that kind of pain, but I think, you know, as leaders, you know, you're, you know, on on a leadership level, you know, you always get the brunt of things, you know, there's always criticism and judgment one-sided stories, you know, we all experience that. I think as a mom and as, you know, I think Jamie and I, when we we came to Philly and started a church, we knew we weren't called to just be a church, like, you know, like a typical church. And I remember the Lord speaking to us and said, if, if I wanted you to just be a, a regular church, then I'll just, you know, we have we have tons of churches in Philadelphia. I call you to be a movement. Hmm. And so we were called to pioneer things that weren't, weren't happening in our city yet they're happening now and we praise god for it but in in a lot of ways we were we were doing things that hadn't been done yet and so you don't know what you don't know and it always costs more the price is always higher the the work is always harder the the mistakes are always bigger the criticism is always louder right and 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 that when you're going first you know whether it's in your family with you know and so there's everybody's there watching you with a more of a critical eye. Think about Jesus. Like he was not exempt from that. You know, they were constantly being watched and criticized. You know, we were making, you know, he didn't make any mistakes, but we did. We made mistakes because we just didn't know what we didn't know. And of course, if we knew what we knew now, we wouldn't do it that way or maybe would have done it differently or whatever. But I think that's always, that's always been hard. You know, raising five kids in the ministry, my kids have turned out to be amazing people for God. They love the Lord. I, I, they, I'm very proud of them. They, they're all just, they're doing well. They're thriving. I think as a mom, I would have, if I could go back, you know, and, and I don't, I try not to live in regret. Right. But I think one of the things that I would challenge or say to moms now that are kind of doing what we're doing, I would say, you know, spend as much time with your children as possible because they grow up so fast. Mm-hmm. Be at those baseball games. Be at those recitals. Don't don't shortchange them for anything in the world. Don't short shortchange them. And they were so gracious to us. Our kids gave us permission to be who we were called to be. But if I could do it again, I would not have short shortchanged them at all in any way, shape, or form. And I think Jamie and I would both agree. They're not bitter. They you know they 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 love us they've we've we've talked through a lot of things but i think you know when you're when you're in it you don't see it as clearly and i wish somebody would have told me that you know yeah. as a pastor's wife and and as a you know co-laborer but you know we don't necessarily have that one of the things that i think i'm 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 learning and and growing in is that i want to be some what somebody what i would need is somebody to be for me mm. you know in the ministry i want to be I want to be a mentor to other women. I want to encourage, I, and I do it whenever I see a, you know, a pastor's wife, whenever I get together with other women, I try to pull whatever I can in those few brief moments, whatever I have, whatever I have, I try to steward that, encourage, build into them, love on them, pray for them, you know, see them, acknowledge them, honor them, because I know it, it could be a very lonely position. You know, we don't necessarily always have that kind of support system that maybe the the husband does. We'll continue next week with Virgie and Tim as we get into the importance of prayer in ministry. 
This podcast is brought to you by Nutzer.org.